Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. So good morning, everybody. Uh, It's good to see everybody here from City Lights. And uh, uh, it's a nice, beautiful day out. (laughs) So um, I apologize in advance for the camera guy. I walk around a lot. So the last time I was uh, ministering somewhere, I walked around so much that the camera guy, you know, stopped me at the end of service. And he's like, you stressed me out a lot. You walked around a lot. I said, do you need prayer for stress? So I apologize in advance. So I hope I don't break anybody's neck over there or anything. So awesome. So uh, today my message, I was messing around with titles and stuff. And, and uh, I thought, well, I think the best title for this message is a simple title. It says, you're needed. And everybody's needed in the ministry. Everybody's needed in the body of Christ. Uh, everybody has a talent. Everybody has a gifting. And um, some of us use it. Some of us don't. Some of us have maybe uh, been uh, hurt in using our talents and gifts for the church. Um, And some of us are like, yeah, there's no way I'm going to do that. What if I fail? So what? So what? You know how many times I failed? Eh, I don't have enough fingers. So, you know, my wife and I were full-time ministry for 14 years. And, you know, I had to, you know, you've heard the saying, fake it till you make it kind of thing. Um, I had to be like the accountant, the supervisor, the janitor, uh, the door guy, uh, plunging toilet. I mean, I had to do everything. And, you know, I wasn't, I thought I was good at everything, but needless to say, everybody saw where I wasn't good and they made sure they pointed it out. They're like, um, yeah, you weren't good at that. <laughs> Very good. So I was like, okay. And then, you know, you have the people that are like super good at like one thing, like crazy freakishly good. Like the person that's like good at math, you know, you rumble off like some weird number and they're like, yeah, 425. I'm like, how in the world did you even get that? Like, I don't know. It just came to me. I was like, I'm still working on it. I have a calculator kind of thing. So uh, there are people that are super good at at things. Um, The things that I'm not good at are like building things. I can't build anything. Um, I could lie and say, oh yeah, I can build a birdhouse. But the birdhouse probably would not live in it, afraid because it would collapse. And so, I mean, I can read a tape measure and I can cut for you. That's it. (laughs) The rest of the time, people can like take this pile of chopsticks and toothpicks and stuff and build like a condo for squirrels. I'm like, what the heck? (laughs) You know, front porch, dining room, and like, yeah, I, I can't do that. So thank you for those that have those talents that uh, uh, do something amazing with them. And this message is really for those that uh, are afraid to use their talents. They're afraid to use their gifts and their callings that God deposited in them. And they're like, I don't want to do that because what if I do fail, number one? And number two is, what if I get embarrassed when I do fail? Well, you know what? You'll never know unless you don't take that chance. You'll never know. Because the body of Christ is super important. Each of us have a calling. Each of us have a gifting in the body of Christ to make it work. You've heard the saying, it takes the team to make the dream work. Well, you know what? It it is. It's everybody has a purpose to get to the goal in where everybody's going. Just like in your workplace. Everybody has a specific talent that they're designated to, like the accountant. They're obviously good with numbers. They know what they're doing. The supervisor has great leading abilities And they can lead. 
And then the bosses, they have some sort of entrepreneurial gift that they can like make something out of nothing. They have this vision and this dream and they surround them pe- themselves with people that know how to accomplish that. Well, I, I'm that visionary. I'm like, here's A and then there's Z. I don't care about anything in between. So here it is. And so that's why I surround myself with a lot of detail people. My wife is super detail. And she's like, well, what about this, this, and this, and this, and this, and this? And I'm like, shh, shh. You're destroying my vision. <laughs> but I know that's necessary because that's a purpose thing that uh, we all need. We need those details filled out. And so, um, but what if we all had the same gift? What if we all had the same talent? You know, like a football team, everybody goes and says, well, I'm going to be the quarterback. And you had like 600 people trying out for the quarterback and that's it. Like, wait a minute, we need like tight ends, we need running backs, we need the line, we need the the center, we need all the other things. They're like, nope, we just want to be quarterbacks. And some of them were good, and the rest of them were like, not good at all. They're like, "Uh, which way do you hold this thing? And they're kicking it, and (laughs) you know, they're just lost on the playing field. And then the coach realizes their talent. They're like, oh, well, maybe you should be a wide receiver because you can really catch the ball. So we want each of you to do something with your gifts and talents, but not all of us are, this, are cut out to do the same thing. Because that would be horrible, wouldn't it? If all of us had the same talent, <laughs> that would be bad. So, um, so in 1 Corinthians, it reminded me of a scripture that uh, I was reading. It says, yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I am not the hand. That does not make it any less of the part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you even hear? That would be weird. It's funny that he relates uh, the uh, gifts and talents to the the body parts. Um, And then it says, or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Could you imagine like an arm sitting in the chair? Can you imagine an ear sitting in the chair? Like, that's it. All I wanted to be is the nose. If you had a choice to be one body part, what would it be? (laughs) People are like, the nose. You know, people are like, no, I don't want to be the nose. I have to smell everything. So, so um, I asked myself that same question. That's a hard question to answer. Like, well, if I had to choose one body part, what would it be? And then I'm like, I don't even want to answer that. So, um, so then it goes on. It says, the eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and the least important are actually the most necessary. That last part really stuck with me. It really hit me like, hmm, the, the, the least, imp- let me read that again. It says, in fact, some of the parts of the body that seem weakest and the least important are actually the most necessary. You know, I don't care what your gift and calling is. If you think it's the least or the weakest or it's a dismissed part that you could possibly do in the body of Christ, you need to do it. If you can say hi, man, that's a talent. And stand at the front doors and say hi seven billion times to people because that's what it takes. Your hi and your hello or your good morning or your good evening or whatever it is, 
has a ripple effect. You don't know how powerful that high is. You don't know how powerful that welcome to church is. Because that could impact somebody's life to the point where they get saved. You just introduced them. You just sparked that fire to the introduction of Jesus. Because they may come to church lost. They may come to church destroyed, not feeling it. But your simple hello or your simple good morning is like the best thing ever. I used to have a pastor that says, man, I want you to meet them, getting out of their car, help them carry their stuff in. I'm like, well, that's just a little weird. I think that's pretty like, you're like pretty aggressive. He says, I don't care how aggressive it is because the body of Christ needs to be aggressive in saving people from going to hell. And I was like, wow, that's now that's an aggressive theory. That's an aggressive thought. So how aggressive can we really be? And so I started looking at different things, um, you know, just flipping through the Bible. And then um, I started Googling. I was like, unnecessary parts of the body. <laughs> you know? And so I was like, a lot came up, actually. <laughs> I'm like, well, that's, yeah, I don't know about all that. But it's been said that the appendix serves no real purpose, right? It's like, I can live without an appendix, you know. I, had a, I, I got it removed and everything. But now scientists have figured out that the appendix is an important part of the body because it could host a bacteria in it that could cause a uh, virus fighting off in the bacteria. I'm like, what? What? And so I started Googling it and says, yeah. So in 2014, scientists have figured out that the appendix is important and it has this bacteria that it stores in there to fight off viruses or gut viruses. I'm like, really? That's amazing. So we really do need our appendix. Those that don't have it, I'm sorry, maybe we can recreate it. We can lay hands on you. I'm just kidding. And then there's this other uh, bone in the body that's not connected to anything else. It's a hyoid. It's H-Y-O-I-D. And it's connected right to the bottom of the, of the uh, throat and next to the thyroid glands. It's not connected to anything, but it's the main vocal point that makes our voice deep or high or make sound, it vibrates the whole time. I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. So now I feel like a doctor. I'm learning all this stuff. And so, and so then it reminded me of a story. <laughs> this story is probably the weirdest story that I ran into with my grandparents. My grandparents, you know, I spent the night at my grandparents' house, and they always wore house shoes. Always, 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 always. And so one day I got up and, you know, I was just, I was probably like 10 or 11 years old and my grandma didn't have house shoes on. And I just happened to look down and there was something missing off of her foot. I'm like, what in the world is going on? One, two, three, four, five, one, two. And so I was like, grandma, you have a pinky toe that's missing. She says, yes, Justin, I do. And I said, why? Where'd it go? What happened? And she said, when I was younger, I was riding horses and I got down and a horse stepped on my foot and took my pinky toe off. I was like, are you serious? And I thought it was a lie. I thought she was making stuff up at that point. And uh, so she told me the story. She said, well, so I had to learn after the surgery, after, you know, I went to the doctor and everything. And back in the day, the doctor, you know, would take like two days to get your house and then, you know, do their thing. And, and uh, so she was telling me this story. She said, I had to learn to balance again. I had to learn how to walk properly again. I said, what do you mean? Back up. You had to learn how to balance all because of a pinky toe? And she said, yeah, I had to learn no matter how small that is, the pinky toe was important to me. 
And it's important to all of us because it, it creates the balance that we all have. And she went on. And so, you know, I was 10 years old, so I'm trying to remember this whole story thing. But I do have a video clip that um, really tells it way better than me. So if you could go ahead and roll that. Because she came down to the club and heckled me. I give her a taste of her own medicine. Oh, yeah. You gave her a taste of medicine, all right. Well, I didn't want her to have an accident. What accident? Well, after he heckled Toby, she got so upset, she ran out of the building, and a street sweeper ran over her foot and severed her pinky toe. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Yeah, then after the ambulance left, I found the toe. So I put it in a Cracker Jack box, filled it with ice, and took off for the hospital. What? You ran? No, I jumped on the bus. <laughs> I told the driver, I got a toe here, buddy. Step on it. <laughs> All of a sudden, this guy pulls out a gun. Well, I knew any delay is going to cost her her pinky toe. So I got out of the seat and I started walking towards him. He says, where do you think you're going, Cracker Jack? I says, well, I got a little prize for you, buddy. Blah, blah, yeah. Knocked him out cold. How could you do that? Yeah, then everybody is screaming because the driver, he's passed out because of all the commotion. The bus is out of control. <laughs> So I grab him by the collar, I take him out of the seat, I get behind the wheel, now I'm driving the bus. You're Batman. Yeah, yeah, I am Batman. Then the mugger, he comes to and he starts choking me. So I'm fighting him off with one hand and I kept driving the bus with the other, you know? Then I managed to open up the door and I kicked him out the door, you know, with my foot, you know, at the next stop. You kept making all the stops? kept ringing the bell. <laughs> well, what, what about the toe? What happened to the toe? Well, I am happy to say that the little guy is back in place at the end of the line. <laughs> you did all this for a pinky toe? Well, it's a valuable appendage. <laughs> the pinky toe. It's valuable. So you may be that pinky toe. I know, it's kind of like one of those things, you're part of the foot. But you know what? You're part of the balance of the body. You're part of that balance that needs to happen in the body of Christ. You're important. You're needed. You're wanted. You know why? Because that pinky toe is so important to the body of Christ. It may just be a small task, but it's the most important task. We used to have a lady that used to cook every Sunday morning for everybody in the church. And we'd have, you know, meals and everything. And everybody would like, why would you do that? I mean, you're cooking, you're spending your own money. You're... She's like, because I want people to be fed two ways. And I can only feed them once, but the pastor can feed them another way. And I was like, that's an awesome way to look at it. So you'd make the best breakfast burritos ever. And so I got to thinking, I'm like, well, you know what? You know, have you ever searched deep down inside and said, what am I good at? How can I serve the body of Christ? What can I do to impact the kingdom of God? What can I do? Some of us may have extraordinary gifts that we may be lacking. The body of Christ might be lacking. And then there's others that have this smaller gift, they think. It's like, well, I don't know if that's really a huge thing. I'm, not, I'm, like a, I'm not a good speaker or, you know, I can't, you know, I can't sing or I can't play an instrument or so. 
I'm pretty sure the disciples didn't have any of those talents really. All the disciples were like, well, why me? I'm just a fisherman. I'm just a fisherman. And Jesus is walking along the seashore. He's like, hey, you guys, come follow me. What in your right mind would make you jump out of the boat and swim to the seashore? I mean, think about it, though. Some guy walking on the seashore, and he points out, and is like, hey, come follow me. I'll make you fish. They're like, okay. And they jump out of the boat and swim. I mean, they left the boat. Would you do that if you saw somebody? If you're like at Lake Tahoe or something, you saw somebody walk, and you're like, hey, come. I want to minister to you. You're like, okay, we're fishing, but we're going to get in shortly. You're not going to leave your boat. The desperation of the disciples wanting something. I think is what drove them to jump out of the water. They're the ones that said, I'll do and I'll be used for anything. Because there's something different about this man that's walking on the seashore. And so God's doing that same thing for us is, you know, God's calling you. Do something for me in the kingdom of God. Do something for me. Are you willing to jump out of that boat and do it and take that chance? Risking drowning? You're not going to drown because look to your left and your right. The body of Christ. Somebody will pull you out. Somebody will lift you up. Somebody will say, I've got you. I'll teach you. Come and we'll do this together. That's the beauty of the body of Christ. That is such the beauty. Now I've been around several different bodies, several different people. And I've seen people that, you know, make fun of others that, that are not doing it right or anything. When we were in full-time ministry, I was, I was thinking, okay, now we need, we need people to do something. And I was like, some positions have great responsibility and some have responsibility, but you know, we want to place people according to their gifts and talents. So I was like, okay, who wants to be, um, we need somebody to clean the building. This guy's like, that's me. I'll clean the building. I'll do whatever. Like, sweet. All right, you're going to clean the building. And his wife's like, well, me too. I'll, I'll do that too. I'll clean the building. I was like, sweet, we got two people. And so then I was like, okay, we need somebody to uh, um, do security, you know, checking people in and out. Same two couple. Yep, we'll do that. We'll do that. They volunteered for everything. I'm thinking, man, bless their hearts. They're hungry. They're wanting to serve. They're wanting to do anything because of the transformation that God did in their life. They wanted to like give back and they wanted to serve and they wanted to be important and they wanted to do whatever they could in the body. And so, you know, I rattled off a few more things that we needed and they're like, yep, yep, yep. And finally I pulled them aside. I'm like, do you know how to do any of these things? <laughs> and I, was, I thought I was going to be mean or, you know, they said, no, but we want to learn. We can push a broom. And the guy's like, see these hands? I was like, yeah. He says, they fit a broom. <laughs> I was like, that's cool. He's like, see these hands? I was like, yeah. They can turn a key. I was like, all right. I was like, and I was like, well, let me get see your hands. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I can work a shovel too. I was like, all right, sweet. Well, anytime I need a shovel, a hold dug, I'll put a shovel in your hands. But they were so eager to do something because why? We gave them the opportunity to use their gifts and talents. So right now you have an opportunity to do whatever it takes to see people set free. Whatever it takes to see the kingdom grow and expand. It's an amazing thing. Now here's the other side of the coin. It says, now there's a real problem when people think they can do everything and then they're prideful. 
And they won't accept that correction. They won't accept like, well, I can do that and I've done it for years. It doesn't mean you've done it for years the right way. Doesn't mean that you know everything there is to know about that. And so there can be, there can be the two sides. There can be the willingness and serving and the abilities to do that. And then you've got the other side that's like, well, I could do anything you tell me to do, but I'm not going to be the greeters or I'm not going to be the janitor. Well, that's pride. You know, everybody wants to be the CEO and skip like every step of the ladder. It's just not possible. Just not possible. And so I was, uh, <laughs> there was a funny story. I can't remember what movie it was. But he's like, I'm holding out for a CEO position. <laughs> he's like, there's no jobs here unless you want to work 40 hours a week. <laughs> and so, um, you know, there's a lot of time and there's a lot of patience doing stuff in the body of Christ because everybody comes from the different background. Everybody comes from different talents and trainings and, and schoolings and, and stuff. So you've got to be patient with one another. The body of Christ is there to lift one another up, not tear each other down. And so... And that reminds me um, of a scripture. It's in Romans 12, 3. It's the New Living Translation. I didn't put it up or anything, but it says, because of privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think of yourselves better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Measure yourselves to the according to faith that God has given you. We have to take that honest look at ourselves and say, what can I do? And where can I be placed? It's a very difficult question to ask oneself. It says, how can I be used? And is my talent an actual thing that I can use? And so I love, I love um, um, City Lights so much that uh, I started looking at uh, a lot of their, I went back to the website and I looked and their core value number nine says they're not in competition with any of the other churches. Man, if one church is doing it better, man, you know what we're going to do? We're going to come alongside them and say, how can we help? What can we do better? How can we help you do it better? You know, that's the thing is a lot of the body of Christ are like, what happens in our four walls? We want to do it. One ministry says, oh, we're going to start a kid's ministry. We're going to start busing kids in. Does anybody want to help any other churches? And they're like, yeah, what's your secrets? We're going to buy buses and we're going to do our own. No, no, no. You come alongside and say, we're going to help reach every kid in the city of Greeley. We're going to come and reach everybody that we can that needs to hear Jesus Christ and know that and tell them they're valuable, they're precious, they're loved. Jesus died for them. You know, and I think about those times where churches have been in competition and churches, you know, try to one up each other. That's not what City Lights is about. City Lights is like, you know, we're going to come and we're going to link arms. We're going to come together and say, you know, we're going to do it together. We're going to save as many people as we can and point them to Jesus and tell them, hey, it doesn't matter where you get fed. It's, you're going to get fed Jesus no matter where you're at. And so you know, that's, that's a core value that City Lights has. And we need to embrace that. And so what are your talents? I'm sure you've heard discovery classes and you've heard announcements and, and stuff and says, hey, you're needed. This is where we're at. Children's ministry, nursery. I tell you what, I'll be honest. I'm not cut out for nursery. I just can't. <laughs> I mean, I have two children. I thank goodness they're grown. We had, a <laughs> I, was, uh, I was commenting to my wife the other day that uh, um, we had some youngsters running around our house and stuff. And I, I was like, honey, I am so glad that our kids are older. And uh, she's like, well, you had patience for them then. I was like, did I? <laughs> did I really? 
<laughs> and so my daughter's like, no, dad. <laughs> but, uh, um, but you might have that gift. You might have that calling that you just want to hold babies. You might have that calling. You might have that calling that you just want to say hi to people everywhere you go. Well, let's position you at the front door and you can say hi to everybody. <laughs> you know, and uh, ushers, you want to you help lead people and minister to them and, and stuff? Man, be an usher. It's important. You're important. You're needed. Especially with the whole COVID thing. I mean, a lot of times we feel like our gifts and callings have been just extinguished. Like, well, we can't do that because of COVID. or We can't do this because of COVID or, you know, anything like that. No, your gifts and callings didn't go away when COVID happened. They're still there. In fact, they should be like ready to explode like a volcano. Ready to just burst out and say, what can I do? You want to be hands-on, like, you know, Batman up here. <laughs> you know, Kramer's like, you're Batman. Be Batman. Be Batman in whatever you do. Holy Spirit has given you the strength, the wisdom, the knowledge, the know-how to do it. You just wake up and say, oh, I think I got a talent. No, you've experienced that. Like, my grandma used to crochet, like, blankets and stuff. I'm like, how do you do that? She used to teach me, and I'm like, I, I can't do it. I can't get my fingers around the whole thing and you know, do that. I said, I'll just leave that up to you, and um, I want that blanket when you're done. <laughs> so... You know, and so it reminds me, um, remember the, the parable of the, the, the three servants? The master went off on vacation and gave them uh, talents. He didn't say how long he was gone. He gave one, five, one, two, and then one, one. And the first one, he went out and invested those and, and made money at it. He turned those, those uh, five uh, bags of gold into more. He came with 10. And the second one multiplied his. And then the third one, he just buried it. He said, Master, I knew that you were, you were a harsh man and, you know, you harvested crops that weren't even yours and, and this and that. And the, the master's like, well, how dare you? If you knew that I was a harsh, harsh man, why would you even do that? Then he banished him. He's like, get out of my face. But the first two, they partied with him. They received him. They rewarded him. He rewarded them. Why? Because they use their talents for something bigger than them. And so that's what I'm asking you today is ask, make sure your talents, do your talents. Because it's bigger than you. You know, I thought about some of the untold stories in the Bible. And I thought, you know, God used every single person to get his will accomplished throughout the word. It's amazing. You know, think about it. Who was the guy cut the wood, made the cross? He didn't know what purpose it was. For. He, he knew what purpose it was for, but he didn't know the impact on who was going to be on it. He made that. His name was never mentioned. It was never mentioned. Like, well, Samuel made the cross. No, it was an untold story that impacted the world. And he didn't know that his handiwork, if you want to call it that, was a man that's going to save the entire world, forgive us of his sins. His blood running down that wood was a huge sacrifice that he chose to be on there. You know, the ladies that, or I'm sorry, the guy that um, made that cross, he didn't know that impact at all. 
And so you don't know the impact that you're going to make in the body of Christ. Can I get somebody on keys, please? And so that impact could impact somebody that you love, could impact a direct family member. I remember we've had people, we had a a full-time ministry and it was a drug recovery and we had spouses come and get radically saved and start serving within the ministry. It was just like doing Bible studies or, or doing stuff. And they're like, we're praying that my spouse is saved. And so they started coming to church and they started volunteering and doing things. You know, it was just from the simple of, you know, setting up chairs or tearing down things. They were willing to do whatever it took to just be used and to be used by God and to, to serve the fellow body of Christ. And those simple acts of faith and those simple acts of those talents and those gifts that they were doing, it started speaking to the spouse. And the spouse was like, what do you go there for? What are you doing? They're just using you. you know? And she's like, no, they're not. And every day, they would, every Sunday, every Wednesday, she would come and she would do whatever. I mean, she was setting up chairs, cleaning, you know, I'll do sound or I'll clean the stage or whatever, whatever it was. She was using her talents to serve the kingdom. But what she didn't know is she was using her talents to save her spouse. She didn't look at it that way. One day she came home and her husband's like, you know, Maybe I should check out exactly what you're doing. Are you joining a cult? You know, I need to figure this thing out. She's like, you're going to come? You're going to come to church? Yeah, I'm going to come and I'm going to figure it out. So he came, sat in the back, didn't want to be recognized, didn't want to be acknowledged. People reach out and shake his hand. He's like, eh. So, you know, but he came back again. And I realized that something was changing. And he wasn't listening necessarily to the message being spoken. He wasn't listening to the music. I'd watch him and he was watching his wife do different things and seeing how sold out she was to Jesus. How sold out she was to doing the works of service in the body of Christ. Not that she just did it, but she loved doing it. And he saw the joy that it brought her. He saw the peace that it brought her. He began to weep. He's like, I can't even bring that peace or joy to her. What's wrong with me? And right then and there, there was a radical change in his life, seeing his wife serve the body of Christ in a joyous, most awesome way. And that man got saved. And now he loves Jesus with his whole heart. All because his wife just said yes and decided to use her talents and gifts. And they were like pinky toe gifts and talents. But it balanced everything. She became the most relied on person in the church ever. Why? Because she took her gifts and callings and said, I'm putting them to work. I may not be getting paid because I don't even want to get paid. But you know what? She got the satisfaction of Jesus looking down and say, man, well done, good and faithful daughter. You are serving me in the kingdom of God. You're impacting so many people. So imagine if you came in and your seats were filthy dirty. You'd be like, what is this? 
don't know, somebody had to clean them. Somebody had to wipe them up. Somebody had to vacuum. Um, you might think that, well, that's just a menial task. No, that's a very important task. As a gift of hospitality is the best. Because it makes you comfortable. It makes things clean. It makes them shiny. Because you're taking care of the house of God. And so that man decided he was going to start volunteering and doing stuff. And then all of a sudden, the church outside started looking good because he had heavy equipment. <laughs> He's like, well, I got a backhoe. I can do that. No problem. So he just would show up one day with like tobacco and like materials and trees and he's planting all these things. The pastor's like, what are you doing? That project was like, we're trying to fund that project for like, you know, next year. He's like, don't worry about it. I got it done. <laughs> pastor was like, that's amazing. He was so excited. And it was just a simple thing. I mean, we're just planting like one inch trees that you get at Home Depot. Nothing big. But it made it beautiful. And he was using his talents to better the kingdom of God here on earth. And then people started like, wow, church is pretty. I like going there. They started taking a sense of pride. Said, Man, this is amazing. And then families started coming in. They started ministering. Why? Because our church was based on service. What can you do? What are you willing to do? So this message is not a recruitment message for City Lights. You know, saying, we need you. I'm not Uncle Sam pointing and saying, we need you. But what I'm really saying is, look deep. See how you can serve the body of Christ with your gifts and your talents. Because you all have them. So what are you willing to do? Willing to jump out of that boat and say, I'll do whatever. Even though I might be not good at it. You can learn, right? So I encourage you all, take those gifts and talents and use them because God has given them to you. God has given each of you a gift from his variety of gifts and callings and talents. And so use them. Don't let them sit there vacant because God's going to use them. God's going to use the gifts and callings and people, whether it's you or somebody else. Why not let it be you? Reap those blessings. Reap that harvest. So, City Lights, I love you. Thank you for coming, and God bless. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support, and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church, where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.